0: Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the no BS marketing podcast. I'm Daniel Murray and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the up.
1: It's also important, something that doesn't get called out a lot. But I think as important as understanding the landscape in sales operations too and like sales leadership like even if you have like the perfect nirvana within marketing, if the way that sales forces run is contradictory, then you're gonna have like a world of pain.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the marketing Belendos podcast. Today I'm joined with a good friend Sarah McNamara, an award-winning marketing and sales Technology solutions architect whose work has been recognized by the likes of Pardot, Marketo, Drift, and Lean Data. She currently is doing marketing ops at Slack. Yes, the Slack. I'm excited to talk all things ops with her. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. It's been a while, but you're the one person I've wanted to talk to for a long, long time. So I'm super excited for this.
1: Me too. I'm so excited. We're finally getting together and talking shop. The feelings are mutual. It's just been especially nuts in <laughs> the past year.
0: Totally, yeah. and that'll be a good topic to talk about, like that transition. But I wanted, like, talk about what sparked you getting into marketing operations. Like, when did you know you wanted to go down this career path?
1: Well, actually, I went to college originally to be a journalist. And then I actually started working for a news station while I was in college, like part-time, and saw how that career had changed. And I was like, oh, I don't really know if this is, you know, really it for me. Like I was I was one of those nerds that like really wanted to report the news in like a very like non-emotional, like factual way uh, and love like the investigation and stuff like that. And I was like, this is not what it used to be. So then I was like, okay, well, what's something like similar? Like interesting like I'd get to like work with people and like study people like okay marketing like you know communications or marketing will work really well and I got into digital marketing and did that for a little while and then I happened to get recruited by it's like a boutique Salesforce partner uh, and that was right around the time it was like right after Pardot got acquired by Salesforce they're like hey you know we're spinning up this practice and yeah. We need people who are really good at marketing and learn the tool. Like, we'll pay to train you. And then we need you to, like, then teach others how to use it. And, like, take your, like, digital marketing expertise. And, you know, like, we don't want someone to just, like, teach the tool, it's, like, the whole holistic thought behind it. And I, and I thought to myself, I was like, well, like, this would be really cool to learn. And then I'll just go back to marketing. And that never happened. Like, I just fell in love with the technology. And I, I like, as I talk about it, I kind of make the, the connection of like the investigation and like, you know, learning about people and learning what they react to and things like that. You know, I think I just really fell in love with that. And, you know, ever since then, it, it, you know, it's like interesting to me how the industry has changed because back then it was very much, you know, like just learn this marketing automation platform and learn how to like send the email or like set up the form and like that's it, you know, it's like or maybe it's something about like for CRM, but like that's essentially it. And now it's like there are what I think like eight, like over 80,000 applications. I even saw something ridiculous the other day. It was like thousands of event tools, just events. And so it's, it's just, it, I feel like it like weirdly ages me or I don't know. I feel, I feel like very like funny thinking back to like just, you know, just learn how to create the form and like the email and then like you've got it figured out. And now it's like, there's so much to learn and even like to see how the industry has transformed that quickly. I mean, it hasn't been that long, but like the evolution has been super fast.
0: I would love to dive into like, what has been like the biggest changes in scope of role in the last couple of years? Like, what have you seen the biggest shift in marketing operation?
1: A lot of, especially CMOs are really figuring out that without operations, It's almost like a, like a zookeeper at a zoo with no like ringleader. You know, they have a lot of people who are really smart, who are trying to run campaigns and trying to generate leads, but there's no one, you know, really like from a high level looking at what's happening and figuring out like, you know, is this the right way to go about this? Finding synergies between like, Hey, field marketing is trying to target this type of, you know, persona. And then so are like, let's say like the webinars team. And so maybe they can do some kind of like co-marketing or figure out some way to target or, you know, like they're other than themselves, unless they wanted to get that far into the weeds of everything, then there really wasn't a whole lot of like, almost like agnostic oversight into what was happening. And I think it's been like a perfect collision of, then you also have like GDPR and like and spam DCPAA castle, like all those laws coming in. So you like need someone who's looking at all these things to make sure that people are being compliant. And then of course there's also branding and like as more and more things have become digital, it becomes really apparent if your branding is off. It's like, you know, if you're marketing to like chief executives and then you're sending them like some kind of invite to like a pizza party or something, like it's going to, it's going to, everyone's going to see that. It's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> it's not going to be great. I think where I see a marketing operations bringing the most value, interestingly enough, like I feel like people don't really talk about this, but there's a technology layer. And I think it's, it's the oversight and then bringing the technology to then enable what marketing is trying to do or helping streamline things and kind of getting people all together in like an organized way. I think where people used to think like, oh, you just get the technology and then everything just kind of works itself out. That, that is not the case. And I think that there's been, especially with, you know, times like COVID, where it's like people were forced to go digital. They could not have an in person event. It became painful when they realized that they could not easily transition to anything. Those like for the past, you know, five, 10 years, maybe even longer, they'd been like focused on in person events. And for that, they could be kind of scrappy and crazy. And they just get like the list and then figure out how to trying to clean it up and get it, you know, in there like CRM, the marketing automation platform. But now it's like, you know, you want to get that information immediately. So you can start doing other advertising, other targeting. So yeah, I think like, it's been a perfect collision of all of those things. Where now marketing operations, like we have the opportunity to really show up in a big way. And I think we have through COVID. But I think right now it's kind of like that critical moment of like, are we going to become the partners of marketing executives or are we kind of, are we going to become IT? Which is like one of my big kind of topics in my mind recently is I think, I think organizations are trying to figure out like, where should we be? Like, okay, we we figured out we need this, but where should it be? And what should it do? And I really hope that we're able to land in that kind of trusted advisor place or CMOs because I think that's where the companies will get the most value from us.
0: I see even just looking through like job descriptions people send me and stuff like that, that some people are looking at marketing ops as like, okay, purely the systems play. Okay, they running all the systems. And then there's other job descriptions are looking at marketing ops as what you're talking about as this like strategic advisor that's this person just has help with this, should, like the insights, the the processes, the spotting things with CMOs and being that like bird's eye view on the whole marketing team. I think it's kind of like the great divide between like some people are stuck on still doing like print and didn't move to digital. Like we're in that same place in marketing office where like, some places are just like stuck in like marketing ops being like this marketing automation person instead of being this like strategic advisor. That's how I see it. I feel like there's like this rift in the market between like two different roles out there, and no, everybody that I talk to in marketing ops do something completely different. It's 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 kind of weird to see. Like for me, my day to day probably looks way different than your day to day. And then I talked to other marketing operations and they their day-to-day seems way different than my day-to-day. So I think it's such like a good customized role for what the business needs are. It's not this just like one size fits all role.
1: What I found is whether businesses realize it or not, it's like they'll they'll hire someone to be like, like I've had situations before where they've hired me, like, oh, you know, you really know Salesforce, you really know Pardot and like all the like apps associated. It's like, you'll be the technologist. And then they start to realize as time goes on, they're like, whoa, because of course I join and I start pointing out like, hey, so what's the process for this? You know, and, and we're losing leads here and like, what's going on over here? What's our GDPR policy? And then they're like, whoa, like there's all this other stuff. And so it's almost like you start to absorb other responsibilities that like probably should have been included in the first place. It's almost like you... They needed the the insight or like the visibility into those issues to even see that that was needed. Because I think it's easy, especially for like senior leadership, if like they're so busy looking at, you know, like meeting with like the board, you know, with other executives mm-hmm. and really just trying to keep like the ship running on like the very high level. It's hard for them to see what's happening like a few layers down. But once they get someone who's kind of like like a Switzerland that like has no interest in like anyone's specific campaign or any specific vertical or anything like that, to then point out, like, hey, are you aware of all these things that are happening? Then they're like, whoa, like we need a lot of help here. And it's like, yes. <laughs> yes, this is the value, you know, that marketing ops can bring if you hire someone who can look at the more holistic. Like you said, like like process, best practices, being an advisor versus just someone who can set up a tool.
0: That's what separates like good versus great marketing ops people. Is like good marketing ops people could set up systems, make them work very well. I've seen people do this great, but I think a great marketing ops person sees technology as just a piece of the, uh, the pie to make marketing work but they see marketing as a, i t- i talked to rory Savan who's like a behavioral scientist and he he works at old and he was like talking about how marketing is like there's a problem with marketing because it's like a sudoku puzzle and everybody only has one line of the sudoku puzzle but i feel like marketing could see like the whole sudoku puzzle and be able to figure it out where like a performance manager does not see everything. A he, head of direct mail or head of field marketing or head of events don't see what people are doing in performance. But marketing ops sees this whole big picture and sees like, okay, how do they work together? How could I make these things work together? Where are things dropping the ball? Where are things dropping the ball? Which levers could I help pull? It's like kind of this big puzzle. Instead of seeing things just as like a technology running, it's like you have to see like the whole factory and all the people in the factory and the product that's coming in the factory and how to kind of make it more efficient.
1: I agree. I think you really tapped on something with like the good versus great. And I think like, so like someone a few years ago started saying the phrase, it was like marketing ops runs marketing like a business. It's not like a like a charity fund where it's like, we just give marketing money and we just hope that something sticks. It's like Marketing Ops enables the organization to then say like, is this actually sticking? And I think something that I really hope CMOs here and like really consider is if you want more budget, if you can prove that you're like generating revenue, then people will hand you budget. Like they'll be like, please take it. You know, like, Sales is getting like tons of quality leads. They're like, "This is fantastic. How do we get more? Like, how do you know? Like, how do we spend more money that way?" Whereas, like, if things, I think a a lot of marketing organizations kind of take more of like a defensive stance, and they're like, "Well, if things are kind of murky, then at least we're protected." You know, where it's like we can kind of keep things murky and just say, "Well, you know, it seems like things are working." Whereas, like, I've seen the difference when marketing is run like a business, then they can confidently say like, hey, we've contributed this much to revenue. If you give us you know, another few million dollars this year, then we think we can, you know, based on that, we can project that we can add this much pipeline. I you mean, know, that's where you really kind of, it's like the promised land, right? Where <laughs> like the CMO is happy, marketing office is happy, the marketers are happy and the business is doing well. Whereas like when things are dysfunctional, And not being run like a business, it's more like a, like I said, like a charity, where it's like, we just give money and kind of hope that something happens with it. That's where you tend to find a lot of misery in my experience, where it's like people don't really understand what their role is supposed to be. They don't know how to measure themselves. And they kind of end up in like this, this fourth place of like, well, I hope that what I'm doing is meaningful or like driving some kind of meaning somewhere. I think marketing office is really that layer Where we can show people like, hey, this is working, this is not working, you know, let's index a certain way and bring like almost like a certain level of confidence that marketing historically hasn't been able to have.
0: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. I remember old school stuff where it's like, okay, like if you're producing like leads, you're doing a good job. They teach you back in the day, even like old, like marketing automation platforms back in the day, it was like, how could I be a lead generation machine? But like what you're putting right now, it's like, how can I make marketing more functional? Like if you get to the place where you can go to finance and they'll be like, okay, I trust you with this budget now, like, and you can ask for it whenever you want. I think that's when you become a good place in market, marketing and when marking ops become you know marking ops is working is when you could say, Hey, give us an extra million dollars and we'll get you X amount of pipeline and revenue out of it. Yeah. Not like we're gonna get you this amount of like randomness that happens and hope it works.
1: works. I, I always say then what? Because people be like, you know, this many people open the email. And I'm like, okay, then what? <laughs> like what do they do? Did they go, did they click the link and uh, like this? click the CTA and go to the landing page and submit the form or like, or to open like a drift chat or like, you know, what happened next? Because to me, that's like one of the biggest mistakes is to look at anything in a silo. It's like, okay, I generated a million leads, sales hated them. They said only, you know, a thousand of them were worth anything. Well then, you know, it's like, especially for things like paid media, or like content syndication, it's like you're you, there's a cost associated per lead. And it's like pretty clear. Like I said, what, I mean, you aren't even considering like the labor aspect, right? Like the marketer doing the work and the content and like the in-house cost, but even just like content syndication, like the cost of the lead itself, if we don't know that it generated revenue or even like influenced something, like move the dial somewhere on an account, then what does it all mean? That means nothing. <laughs> like if you were to ask sales, they would say it means nothing.
0: Yeah, if you asked like, any like operationally minded or like a CFO doesn't mean anything like from whatever you and good organizations have been in, like the number one question they ask like marketing is like, how much revenue did you bring in? How much pipeline did you bring in? How efficient was that pipeline in revenue? They don't care how many leads you brought in. They start killing how many leads and how many things you bring in if you're not if you're missing that mark. But mm-hmm. the main big questions is like, are you being efficient with your spend and are you generating revenue or and pipeline? And if you're doing that, nobody ever fights with you. It all becomes to like, like being best friends with the sales team and being best friends with finance and being best like building that relationship internally. So like you said earlier, like how you really like being around people and stuff like that. Like marketing ops has to do that. Like you have to create relationships internally for the marketing team and build those bridges for them. The bridges are not only technology bridges, it's data bridges, it's people bridges as well. Um there's so many different aspects that go into marketing ops. That's why I think the role is growing day by day. Day. And that brings me to like the question: where, where do you think marketing ops is going? Like, where? What? What does the f- the future look like in marketing ops?
1: I think like it's interesting. A few years ago, I saw these articles that were written about marketing ops people will be the next CMOS, and it's interesting to think about because I feel like the way those articles are written, it's like, oh, everyone is dying to be the CMO. I, I think it's like almost some kind of riff off of that. Like, I think either the kind of the, what do you call it, the like step ladder will go up to the CMO or like CRO or like some of those other kind of rules that we've heard about, where it's like trying to figure out, like maybe this person doesn't lead things like content or like more like, you know, creative aspects, things like that. But but some kind of seat at the table to represent what like and and that's where I've seen more things come together. Like it's not just marketing; it's also sales, customer success, community. You know, bringing those things together and then having it like having a almost like a Switzerland that's like the revenue operations team. I think what where revenue operations like where I'm a little bit concerned about it is that I think that the aspiration versus the reality is very different. I've heard people who are really into the idea of revenue operations. Like I've heard from them that companies aren't really viewing it as like a value add. It's more of like, oh, so maybe we can find someone who knows marketing and sales operations and just try to hire like one person instead of two. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> like like the, the idea isn't to consolidate like from like a resourcing perspective. The idea is to have like, like I said, it's like a Switzerland, like someone who isn't necessarily tied to be like a loyalist to any specific department that can look cross-functionally and like bring these efforts together and try to connect the dots on like, okay, we've created community. Is that influencing sales and marketing? That's the direction that I hope we go in. But I think there's a lot of work to be done to figure out like, how does that look and how will that function well? I also see like, there's like this push to kind of try to rationalize marketing operations into IT. And I really don't like that idea because I think that it'll be seen as like a sunken cost rather than like a a revenue generating operation or like somewhere where like opportunity is created. So I really hope that we manage to avoid that one. Like it, it makes me worry to see like a lot of kind of like IT terms ending up in like job descriptions because I think, like I always say, like for myself, it's like, if you hire me to set up Pardon, then like you're not getting the full value out of me. Like that's just that's not even good for you. Like obviously I would hate it, also, but it's not that's not the full potential of what's there. So I hope that we don't get so specialized and so kind of like siloed and it's like oh you just do the like a factory, like oh you just do this one little piece, and that's it. Because I think that companies will lose out on the the opportunity there to have people who have like holistic skills who can do more than that. And really help the CMO or you know, CRO, whoever it is, CEO, figure out what's going on a few layers below and make sure that the right things are happening. I don't know how it's set up
0: at Slack right now, marking out of operation, but at Service Titan, we're in the RevOps org, but like every. Function has an operations head. So like marketing operations has its head, sales operation has a head, sales development has a head, growth operations has a head, customer success, onboarding, they all have an operated operating head and it all levels up under RevOps. So I felt that when we became in Rev like when it's a RevOps org, you you kind of get the strategic you get you become that strategic advisor because now you're not stuck as I feel like what happens to a lot of marketing operations people is when you become under a CMO a lot of the times you become that support function under marketing. Like you're just there like, hey, this is broken, fix this. Oh, there's a fire. Go put it out. Oh, data is not fun because you create a report for me or this and that. And it's like like your voice is kind of gets bogged down because you're just part of the marketing team. But when you're like in another team, you can kind of be that like Switzerland, as you said, and give recommendations to people and they actually listen to you.
1: What will be interesting is to the, because like, as you're saying that, I'm thinking back to experiences I've had where it's like, I feel like I've had more success rolling up to marketing in the sense that at least there's like that general vibe that we're aligned. Whereas, and I don't know, and I have no idea if it's like a marketing specific thing or if it's like a departmental thing, but I feel like when you do get separated, then it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're in this other organization and we have to like fight you. <laughs> you know, instead of like, instead of be like, we're on the same team, we have like the same motive. So I think it will be interesting to see if that is seen by marketing as like an additive. Where they feel like more confident, like, oh, this person's making the right decision for like the company, or if it's seen as like, oh, now they're no longer representing us specifically. So, you know, we, we don't like that. Because I've been in situations where I've been a part of IT and then marketing has kind of like poached us because they're like, we don't like how this is being run under IT. Like, like we don't, we don't agree with the IT leadership. So we're gonna like negotiate and get these people under us, but I don't think it. I don't think it was so much of like we we then want to dictate to these people what to do. I think it was more of like they just didn't trust the idea that this group that was supposed to be serving them was under a, a different department.
0: I do see like that argument of things. I think well, the key is is bringing like those leaders into the interview process and also like. Aligning the two departments, like my boss like knows like my stakeholder and my goals are all attached to marketing team. It's not attached to his goals. So everything that makes me succeed is what makes marketing succeed. And I think that's where the alignment of goals come in and be important. Just how like the alignment and sales and marketing goals have to be good. I think it it all comes down to being the goals and also like. Does that CMO or BPM marketing trust that marketing ops person to make those decisions? Because I think where the alignment bogs down is when you become like someone that they don't trust, and then it's fighting all the time to get get things through the line. I think if the CMO trusts you, you got something going on, um, and it feels good too, because then you could be like, okay... I can go talk to finance for you. I could talk to sales for you, and I'm not marketing. I'm rev ops talking to sales for you. I'm rev ops talking to IT for you. I'm not marketing talking to IT. And even when, what I've seen with attribution as well, like I don't have to fight over attribution because they just trust that attribution works with marketing ops and sales ops because we're like one team, if that makes sense.
1: That's interesting. I think you tapped into something really important though, which is being like BFFs with marketing leadership or at least being like very closely aligned because I've seen groups or like even just seen like kind of rhetoric around like, oh, like, you know, marketing, it's almost like marketing is an enemy. And I've just never, I've never understood that. You know, it's like certainly Like I can see how like sometimes it can be frustrating, right? Like everyone hates getting like the urgent requests that like wasn't, you know, it could have been like prepared or like, you know, like all those memes that we see about like, like, why would you do this? But I think it's really important to, to focus on like we need to build relationships with marketing and build trust. Like you said, like have that trust versus like isolating or like playing like a blame game over like, well, you did this, and so we're going to try to be like antagonistic because I think that's where you're really going to see that relationship fall apart. So I think that's like an, um, an important call out in the industry is like, certainly there are like select marketers that can be frustrating, but if we generalize and we just like try to like stereotype and be like all marketers, therefore are annoying, then like that's not going to help us at all. <laughs> like... Like if marketers are always like, I feel like I'm beating a drum all the time. It's like, if marketing is not successful, we are not successful. But I've been at organizations where they're like, well, we did the thing that was asked though. And I'm like, yeah, but it's the thing that was asked. Like if we didn't push back and like really advocate for marketing and be like, hey, we think you need, you know, you asked for this. Have you considered this other thing based on our experience? Because we think this will make you more successful. Just because we checked the box that we did it, like did the ask, doesn't mean that we were successful. If they aren't successful, then we aren't either.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think what I do for me and my team, like part of my goals is to hit pipeline revenue goal. Like, and if we don't, if I don't, if marketing doesn't hit pipeline and revenue, I feel like I didn't do my job as a marketing ops person. And then I have people on my team who, are dedicated to supporting certain functions of marketing. And if that certain function doesn't hit, then they didn't hit all their goals. So I think if if I align to what marketing's goals are and what they're trying to achieve, it helps create that relationship and then that ownership. Like, I'm not fighting against marketing because my goal is attached to marketing. My goal is just to make, build processes and, of them insights and they whatever they do with it so be
1: it i'd be really curious to hear your take someone asked me the other day do you think that compensation should be aligned to your marketing goals where it's like if marketing hits their certain pipeline you know like that impacts marketing operation compensation and i had like a hard time like i said i think eventually but not yet because like we're still kind of trying to get the full hold to get the like amount of control that we would need to actually feel confident that like yes we did this then you know we can guarantee the certain amount or like stay pretty confidently i'd be really curious to hear your thoughts on that based on what you talked like said about like your goals being set to uh, align with like things like pipeline for now i think like
0: attaching a portion of a bonus towards it i don't think like base or anything should be attached to it or like stuff like that for now at least like. It's total dependent on like, like the company you're in and stuff like that. I think like I'm just like very lucky that I'm in an org where like the marketing leaders are very operational and they trust me 100 percent to help make decisions and strategic decisions. So like I feel like my decisions are impacting revenue and pipeline. So like and I feel like they listen to me. But I do. I've seen that in other orgs where. That's not the case. So I don't, it's so or dependent that answer. Like, I don't mind attaching some things to marketing right now because I trust the marketing leaders 100% and they trust me 100%. But if there's that disconnect of trust between orgs and like they're not listening to you as a strategic advisor, then it's hard to justify marketing ops, any of that compensation attached to it. So it's a tricky question. I think like it, and I don't think there's many orgs like that. I think like that's where it's like the future of like marketing ops. I think the future of marketing ops is like that. And some companies have moved this way, but that strategic advisor who is that like sits with the CMO and CF I mean the CMO and marketing leaders and says like these channels down, these are up. This is the process that's broken. These are the levers we should pull. These are the things that should we should do. Because I see everything. I talk to your leaders every day. I know what's going on. Like, I think that is the future. Right now, a lot of marketing people, marketing ops people are like what you were talking about in the past major technologists or doing in a, some analytics or being that support function. And being a support function is hard to justify any compensation attached to it.
1: Interesting. I wonder if that could almost be seen as like a measure of the health of marketing ops. There's like an industry, if you know, like if like when we get to that point, like because like you said, it's so closely correlated to trust and like the position of the department or like the group within the organization. So I feel like that that's something I'll be looking out for is to see like if we move in that direction. Cause so I feel like that'll be a sign that in general, like we're moving in the right direction in terms of like getting the right placement and, like, the right relationships within the organization, whereas, like, if we don't see that eventually, I think that would be a sign that we kind of, like, went more towards, like, I hate to say it, but I feel like sales ops, I kind of see it going in that direction, where, like, a lot of it is being very, like, commoditized. And, like, I've been in organizations where it's been, like, basically offshore, where it's just, like, you just open tickets and, like, there's, like, a select group of people in the U.S., who like or like the leadership, but otherwise it's just like, I want the training Salesforce, I open the ticket and I get it. Like there's really no like argument or like strategic thinking around it. So I think yeah, that would be something no, to look out for.
0: I think it's a big like you said, the fight between some marketing ops going to the IT route and some going to strategic because I've talked to some marketing leaders like Dave King and Asana, he sees like marketing ops as like he said a great quote to me, and he basically said like channels are where like the pennies are made, operations where the dollars are made. I love that. Yeah, I, I I love that quote, and it was basically like, yeah, you can get a bunch out of like you could pull some levers on on channels, and you can get some money out of it. But if you're not, if the process is not and you don't have that foundation and you don't have that insight, like you're not going to get any more than those pennies coming out of it. It also depends on like the marketing leader. Like, and that's like interesting, like, leads me into a question that, like, what do you look for in the marketing leader when you're looking at marketing operation jobs?
1: I really look for someone who understands the value of it. Like, it was funny. This reminds me of Dave from Drift. You know how I'm referring to
0: <laughs> Dude heart?
1: Yes. It reminds me of he had this tweet from a while back where it was like, life's too short to work for a CEO that doesn't understand marketing or doesn't understand the value of marketing. Yeah. I, 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 that resonated a lot with me because I, I think it's like, you know, unless you really, I guess, really love the company. It's like, it's just not worth it to kind of take on all that extra work of like trying to convince people that it's worthwhile to like have the group and to have the function. So I definitely look for someone who who believes in it and understands it. And then also someone who wants to collaborate. So like, I look for like the VPs and CMOs that want to get the answers to these questions. So it's like, they aren't happy to hear like, oh, content syndication is doing well. like well what is doing well like what like what does that mean like you know how much are we spending versus like what's the attribution you know like i try to avoid people who like don't like to measure things and don't you know it's like almost like the antithesis of marketing right? like if they don't want to run marketing as a business they just kind of want to like blur and muddy the waters and just kind of like cruise along i don't see that as a great opportunity not only for like the obvious reasons of like that would be frustrating, but also I don't think that the marketing ops org would grow. Cause I think I don't think marketing would grow. You know, like when you're like a CFO or a CEO and marketing's just kind of like hanging around, <laughs> you know, like they they don't have like pipeline or revenue attached to them that like they're kind of held accountable to and there isn't growth there. I think if anything, you'll see cuts you know, like, or or they'll have like a whole renovation to try to figure out how they can make things measurable. So I I really look for that. Yeah. And, and really just like respect, I think is a huge thing, like trust and respect. If I feel like I respect someone and, and I can build trust with them. That's huge because I'm a huge believer in like managing up to me. If a manager is asking like, what am I doing? Or like questions like that, then that's, like a sign that i'm not doing well it's like i i want to be coming to them with ideas and like to be like very closely aligned i I don't want it to be like you know i just get delegated things down or or like my value is questioned or something like that so so yeah i guess if i had to like summarize it really quickly i'd say like trust respect understanding and partnership like someone who really wants to partner i think like the quote you just said like the ceo
0: getting marketing i think like the cmo getting marketing ops is a big thing for me and then also what the definition of marketing ops is to them because like if it's not the strategic advisor to them i don't want to be a part of that org mm-hmm. if it's just like that support system that building of automations that that ticket handler I don't want to be that person. I want to be that person who is helping drive business value, helping give them insights, helping make the process more efficient. And if that person, and also look for someone who, like, I vibe with. Like, I, if I'm I'm going to be in meetings day in and day out with that person. So if I don't have a good like vibe with them, like, I don't think it would be a good partnership between me and them. And you could tell that in an interview if you're getting a vibe with the VP of marketing or not, or the CMO or not. So kind of would kind of the line. I think like number one is like the CMO gets the value of marketing ops. Also, like I have like a good I can see that there's a good relationship between us and then also I actually also like found that like I really like being around CMOs that are operationally minded, think operationally. Uh, there's a lot of CMOs that don't, but I know CMOs who, who want to measure things, who look at data a lot, and they know what they want to see instead of like forcing them to d- think that way. I really like operationally-minded CMOs to work with and marketing leaders.
1: I think it's also important something that doesn't get called out a lot, but I think it's important as understanding the landscape in sales operations too and like sales leadership
0: mm-hmm.
1: because- like even if you have like the perfect nirvana within marketing, if the way that Salesforce is run is contradictory, then you're going to have like a world of pain, you know, where it's like you have all of your reporting all set up, but then like, you know, Salesforce is like a hot mess, then that's going to just continue to be a pain point. So I think that's really important too. Like I try to understand, you know, like who who's running the like sales operations or like whoever is running the like technology too like are they easy to work with do they seem like someone who's interested in like sharing the goals of like serving sales and marketing or are they just kind of like you know sales ask for something it, it kind of goes back to what i said about like the commoditization of sales ops it's like someone opens a ticket in sales leadership and then i just do it like that's going to be a nightmare for marketing ops. Cause then it's like, you know, it's like, I send over the lead, all beautiful and measurable. And then it becomes this black box where I can't tell what's happening, you know, or it gets all messed up because like, there's all this craziness happening in Salesforce that ruins the integrity of the data. And then it becomes really hard for me to measure.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point too. And I also think like, like also what they're being measured on is key too, like, are they, is the marketing or what, how they measured and what portion of revenue comes from marketing? If it's not like, are they telling me that their goal is to generate X amount of leads or be a support function to sales? Like, I don't want to be a support function to sales. I want to be a partner with sales. So you make great points there. I also want to dig into like one thing that I want to question out of like, what do you think is like the, the future of like, Marketing technology. How does that? When is that role going to be more and more in a marketing ops landscape?
1: It's funny because I feel like, like in my personal career path, it's like the more experience I get, the further I get away from the technology, and the more I get into like the thinking about, like when we talked earlier, you mentioned like a puzzle and like figuring out how all the puzzle pieces go together. And it's like, maybe like this tool is best for attribution, but maybe it doesn't quite integrate the best with this tool, you know, for like the marketing automation platform or like for the CRM or something else. And so should we go with a different tool or is there something we can do to improve that integration or like, you know, and I feel like the the more tools get introduce, introduced to marketing, the more complex the picture gets or like the puzzle, in this case, gets. I think that the pieces are becoming more and more interchangeable. like I think when marketing operations was like younger as like a department, it was just like, oh, you get the marketing automation platform, you have the CRM, you know maybe you have like maybe less than 10 apps that connect to the marketing automation platform and and it's like you're somewhat limited by like what integrates with what or you know it's like there's aren't too many options. It's kind of like a given. Whereas now it's like you have eight, I think it's like over 8,000 applications in general. And then I, I swear I saw the other day some kind of like event technology map that Scott Bringer put out there that was like a thousand just like event tools, like just virtual events. So if you think about like the complexity of that, like trying to look at all those tools, figuring out which ones make the most sense. And then you add like the strategy layer on top of it. I think that's what we're headed towards. I think I think we might, like, I think there will still be room for people who love to specialize in tools. You know, like if you really love Marketing Cloud, like I think there will still be room for you to do that. I think it'll become a little bit more like, almost like a factory, I guess, in a way where it's like there will be certain specializations. And like, I think the the goal will be to find people who like fit those specializations really well and like love them. Mm-hmm. But then I do think that leadership will get further and further away from the technology itself and pull more and more into like, you know, how do we, it's like we aren't just looking at marketing. We're looking at like we want to start community. Well, then how does community fit into sales and marketing? And like how do we logistically like, you know, make that happen? It's like we don't necessarily want community to just be something that lives in its own silo. Like maybe we want to share that data with sales and marketing so they can do better, you know, personalization, better targeting, or even things like I've had in the past where like sales will use community insights to figure out like the health of an account, you know, like, are they opening health, like are they opening tickets because they're having problems, you know, like trying to get a sense of what's going on at the account to figure out their general health. So I think it's going to be more like that where it's like, it's less of, you know, we just have to implement Marketo And that's it. And, you know, success. I think it'd be more of, like, there'll be more and more layers of leadership looking at different aspects because I think the department will get bigger because there are so many things to do.
0: What do you think about, like, the technology portion sitting with IT and the process and insights sitting with marketing operations? What I mean by that is, like, the process is, like, designing that integrate all those integrations atop top like how things should be talking to each other but there is like the it team who like let's say future a marketing technologist that you partner with an it team that help build that for you or do you see marketing technology always being under marketing ops
1: i hate that idea um i hate it because it is Fundamentally different than marketing ops, in my opinion, and the reason is it. Like when you think about it, at least in my experience, they're usually measured on cutting costs, being as efficient as possible, and then it's like like there's always that phrase. It's like um no one's fired for signing a deal with like Oracle or something like that. It's like they tend to default to kind of like what is like the known tool versus like. What, you know, like thinking like future looking, like they're rewarded for going with like the safe bet, right? Like looking at like compliance and looking at like legality, but then also looking at like the cost where I've seen like IT make decisions based on it's like, we always want the cheapest thing, you know, like that's it. Like we aren't really worried. But then that comes back to haunt you because that's like, well, the cheapest thing needs a lot more support for it to be able to do what we need it to do for marketing, Whereas I feel like when you have the technology and the people trying to help marketing use it, when you have that all sit together, it's a lot more streamlined and you have the same goals. And I also think there's a certain level of agility that marketing needs to have. Like I'm a a big believer in like the vast majority of marketing things are not emergencies. But I do think that there are some emergencies. Like, Like I've seen them firsthand, where it's like, you know, some executive will say something. Ridiculous on an interview. And then you have to kind of like hurry and like put out a press release, put out an email, like do like a crisis, you know, like response kind of activity. So I think that you need that certain level of agility. Like when something like that happens, you can't just be like, let's open a ticket and hear back a month from now. Uh, On the flip side, though, I do think that there are more and more laws being released for marketing. That's like in California, I know that we're looking at some new like privacy laws. So I do think that there will be room for more like IT esque like services, I guess if you will, within marketing ops. So there might be like a subset where it's like that's kind of the thought process. Like, like the their goal is like how do we stay compliant? Not so much like how do we innovate. But I think there needs to be like that balance where then like they kind of have to come together with the people who are looking at how do we grow as a business and then come to the best conclusion for the business versus like having it too centralized with one goal or the other that like, we, like, we can go so wild where it's like, we'll just, you know, let's we'll just do things that aren't compliant and crazy, but we need that balance. And I think that's where like, when you have two roles or two groups that can kind of like talk together and come to like the best, like compromise or conclusion, that's where you have like the best answer versus having it too, like, leaning too far in one direction or the other.
0: Yeah, I totally agree about the speed aspect of it, too. Like, historically, IT has not been a place where you get things done fast. Like, if you want to go spin up a test quickly or something like that, it takes months instead of, like, days with marketing operations.
1: And to be fair with them, like, that's their goal, right? Like, I I don't want this to come across as like I'm hating on IT because that's how, like, they're... Meant to function because like they're meant to like protect the business and like protect like keeping stable. I just think it's different. It'd be it'd be like if I asked like a a plumber to fix my like I don't know my car. It's like it's just different. You can't you can not expect it to be the same.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I want to ask you, uh, what do you think most marketing operation orgs are doing wrong these days?
1: I I wouldn't even phrase it so much as like like they're doing something wrong. I think it's more of just like things to be really like self-aware about. I think one of them is that I think a lot of organizations are trying to push marketing ops into like an IT role. And I would be very, very suspicious of that and try to like hopefully avoid it. And I think that speaks to my other advice, which is make sure that your goal is, is making marketing successful. I think that as a department, we need to own the outcome. It's like we can't just do something and then kind of throw it over the wall and then hope. It's like, oh, well, marketing, now it's your job to make it successful. I think if we do that, we're going to kind of dig our own grave because that, again, to me is more of like we kind of step back and we're easily commoditized, right? Because anyone can just kind of like set up a tool and then throw it over a wall and hope the marketers figure it out i think we need to take more of like an ownership over like okay we you know we set up the tool you know are the marketers enabled like do we have like an enablement function to make sure that they know how to use it and like you know are you able to report on it is it working well like like what's the marketer experience i mean certainly we can't make everything you know flowers and sunshine all the time But certainly, like, I always try to keep my ears peeled for kind of like the hot gossip. Like, you know, if I join marketing meetings, like, are are people talking about like, oh, we hate this webinar tool. It's so awful. I can't get the reporting I want. You know, like, we want to catch those things early on and not be seen as like, oh, I just opened the ticket because marketing ops can't figure out that we need something different. So, like, I'll figure it out on my own. So, let's say that would be another red flag to me is like, if you're receiving too many tickets instead of, you know, kind of proactively looking for opportunities to help, that that is something that, you know, is not something that you'd want to continue. Another thing that, that I again, I feel like people just don't talk about is showing your worth. Like, I think that we often are, and it's hard for me to tell if it's like, because there are so many women in marketing ops, if it's just like, we're kind of encouraged to just kind of like quietly like do things and just kind of hope that people will like recognize it. Um, you know, if it's like a social thing, or if it's just like because the or like organization is kind of like younger in general and still trying to find like our footing. But I feel like a lot of people just don't show off their work and like almost like internally promote and be like, look at all the awesome things that we're doing. Like I see that happen in other organizations where they'll like have like little releases and like put out like an internal press release of like, hey, we released this thing and look at what it did. Whereas I think that like we need to really work towards like showing, you know, like making it very loud and clear to like not only marketing but like across, like cross-functionally, like look at the things that we're doing and look at the, the impact that it's having because I think that will help us get more, you know, more recognition, more stability and more funding. So I, I always try to encourage that too. Like if you aren't if you aren't advertising, like if you have a launch that is successful and no one's hearing about it except for like your VP, then that's not good. Like we, we need to put that out there and do like internal marketing.
0: I love the the state movement you made. Like I think a lot of marketing absorbs are reactive instead of proactive. They react to things that are happening in marketing instead of proactively figuring things out to make marketing better.
1: Well, and then I think even the ones that are being more proactive, it's like they just do it very quietly. And it's like, you know, oh, well, they'll fix this major like lead leakage issue. Right. It's like they'll you'll like I'll have friends who like join an organization and do something like they'll identify a problem fix it and like i can tell based on their description that it's making like a huge impact on pipeline because like they're like leaking all these leads into like some integration that's not working or something but then i'm like hey like do, you know have you uh, have you told people about it and they're like oh no i just fixed it and i'm like yeah but, <laughs> but like you know you have to like say it loud and clear like hey i did this thing because otherwise the downside is like a lot of people just kind of start to assume they're like oh well like that problem never existed or like oh someone fixed that. i don't know who that is and that's yeah. not how you're gonna get the recognition it also comes down to a lot of
0: markups get a little like afraid that the fire is like their fault sometimes i know this situation is not but like sometimes like Oh, this lead leakage! It must be like the, the marketing marking operations problem. You know what I mean? And they get afraid, like oh, they fixed it, but they afraid that like oh, Mark, we did we broke something, but it really isn't Mark. A lot of the time, it isn't marking ops that broke good. Sometimes it is, but I think there's that fear as well. But I do think I I do think like you should advocate for yourself all the time. Like my team does, like. A weekly and monthly newsletter of everything that we did to the marketing org and the rev ops org and the sales org, so they know what 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 our team did that week or month.
1: That's awesome.
0: I think that should be more popularized. I think internal marketing is so underrated. Internal selling, like you should be able to. Because also, would you? Other thing, like, what you said like your idea, your impact, but also like. Can you sell your idea to multiple stakeholders in marketing, not just the VP? Because if you have like the channel managers telling the VP that they need this, it's so much easier to get something through the line than you go to the VP and no now uh, the channel managers liking the idea. So mm-hmm. it takes this like bottom-up selling approach as well in marketing ops.
1: Yeah, I think even like I hate the idea that like, I know it happens. But, like I hate the idea of marketing ops. People blaming themselves because, like, everyone makes mistakes. Like, I don't think we need to be perfect. I think we just need to be honest. Like, I don't know. I try to, like, myself exhibit like radical honesty. Like, I always joke with my marketing executives. It's like maybe I'm too honest sometimes. <laughs> like, it's like I say my northeastern roots come out where I'm like very blunt. But I think if we aren't honest, then like that we aren't going to build that trust. You know, it's like I don't. I don't want marketing. Like, if we make a mistake, I'd rather bring it to light and be like, "Hey, we made this mistake and we fixed it," and I think that builds trust versus like pretending like everything is totally fine all the time and nothing ever breaks, and or it's always someone else's fault. Like, I think people can relate to that. Yeah,
0: I totally agree with that. I mean, you always should be straight up of like what the problem is and what the fix was instead of trying to hide it or blame yourself. Like, you just make it come to light, fix it, and then socialize like what happened and what the fix was and how to do that. Cause then otherwise people make assumptions that it was marking up so they make an assumption something happened. So like would you would you say like talk about things publicly, don't just keep things to yourself because people will can make assumptions in this role a lot about marking ups.
1: And marketing executives aren't stupid too, right? Like they they know that people make mistakes. So like to me, it'll encourage distrust if it's like you try to always put, you know, like a spin on everything because they're like, okay, like we know that someone on the team must like make mistakes sometime. So it's kind of like you said, it creates that space where then it's like, okay, well, I don't really trust that this person's going to tell me if something is broken. So maybe like all these other things, you know, are part of that too. Like, maybe they just aren't telling me.
0: Exactly. The last question, actually, because I slate the last one, is like, what advice would you give people who are starting in marketing operations? Like, what are some words of words back?
1: <laughs> I would say one of the first things I would do is like study psychology, which I feel like sounds kind of funny, but it's like, I know to me, a big part of my success has been understanding how people think and like how to communicate. And then also I could go on like a whole other session about just like intent and like communication styles, like learning how like specific individuals communicate and what they're really trying to say. Because a lot of times, like when someone says something, they aren't, it's like, oh, I need this new tool. And it's like, if you just look at what they're saying on the surface level, you're like, oh, you think you need this new tool? Like, so many times when I kind of ask more questions and dig around that statement, I discover, well, we don't really need the tool. It's like, I'm, you know, that, that person is just frustrated with this specific agency that's been doing this, you know, before, or like this person feels lost on like what they're being measured on for their role. So they're just trying to like make some kind of like bring some kind of value, but it might be like misguided. Like, you know, maybe they aren't understanding from their leadership what they're supposed to be doing and like they have good intentions, but it's not the right, you know, outcome. So I, I would say that's huge is just learning kind of like how we've talked about throughout this conversation, like how to build those relationships and build that trust and communicate really clearly. Because I think that will be a huge part of like indicating your success. And then I would also say like there are so many resources online that did not exist before, like in the, you know, in the last like few years, you know, if, if you just go on Google and just try to, like, if you're interested in learning a tool, um, there are so many classes now There are even, like, interactive ones. I think one of them is, like, Six Bricks by LeadMD. Like, they have, like, an interactive Marketo certification that you can get. So, yeah, definitely, like, try to find those free resources to get you to a point where then maybe you can, like, try to take a certification or, like, try to get an entry-level job, you know, to then get that experience in that tool or in that area and then also there are so many like slack groups that you can join like so many people on linkedin that you can follow i follow people you know like even like you you know like just to like I, I follow tons of peers and people that i admire so i think there's no shame in that game of just like connecting with someone and being like hey you know like i really admire what you're saying like i think that i can learn from you like hopefully you can learn from me too I think that's huge too. Like in some, there's so many smart people in our industry and I think sometimes people like feel shy and feel like they're like intruding. And I think it's really important to like branch out and network within the community, like on the Slack groups, on LinkedIn, Twitter, just to like learn from each other.
0: Yeah. I think that's great advice. I think like learning from others and also learning online, like a lot of marketing is learning outside of your role. So, like in marketing in general, not only like marketing ops, it's like, are you spent putting the time to get better outside of your day to day job? Like, I see you all the time, like, posting, like, you read, the, you went down this university and that university. I'm like, geez, she's learning everything. And it's like, that's what you need to do to be <laughs> successful, which is now, that, that's why you are successful in this role, like, because you do that, those type of things.
1: But there are so many smart people, though, that have like helped me along the way or that like I bounce ideas off of. I feel like I've broken record, but it's like something else that just isn't really talked about a lot. Like, oh, people are just like brilliant on their own. And like, I'm a big believer in like the high mind of like, if I'm not really sure what the answer is, like maybe if I go and ask, you know, some of my like connections and my network or like friends, like I can, like, together we can come up with like the best solution. I think that's that's huge and I think that it's something that should be like celebrated rather than like people shouldn't feel like shy or like they're you know what I'm saying
0: yep I totally agree yeah there's so many people willing to help you just have to put yourself out there to talk to them mm-hmm. and there's so many people outside your role that's willing to help like commu- like we talked about earlier community there's so much community out there you just have to know where to look mm-hmm. I felt like that is one of the ways i got successful is building a community of people that i can trust and ask questions to and saying like am i is this a stupid idea or am i am i going down a good direction here like cuz you give me your feedback cuz they know what you're going through because like especially marketing ops like not many people in the org know what you're going through unless it's another marketing ops person exactly you need to find your your tribe outside of your org to bounce things off of.
1: Mm-hmm. I know it's like, we could have a whole other session on. I think a lot of the vendors don't even realize that a lot of like buying decisions happen like in the community because it's like before I buy a tool, I'll like go and like compare notes with other people who already have it and be like, well, what's your experience? You know, like, like, how has it been? What are, what are the issues? What are the things to love? You know, so even simple things like that, like just comparing notes with, like, I'm considering buying this. Yeah. You know, what are things
0: you look out for? Worst nightmare right there, right? Like, you can't attribute that, right? That's what people don't get. Like, attribute, we can go down the log paths about that, but like, what you just said there, like, nobody's going to attribute me texting my friend and saying, Hey, have you used this tool before? Is it good? Can looking at it. request requesting demo. It wasn't an organic search that got me there. It was me asking because I saw something on LinkedIn, someone talking about it, and then I texted my friend and asked if it was a good tool, right? And what does it do? But yeah, this has been amazing. We could go into many different topics, but I want to give you time to say where could people find you and anything that you want to drop right now, I'll give you a couple minutes to share some things that you're doing right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would say LinkedIn and Twitter. Definitely huge places to find me. Um, I try to be really vocal on there on both of those. In fact, it's funny, I always say, like, LinkedIn is like my more professional, like, vibe, whereas like Twitter is just (laughs) more just random stuff. So it's like a combination of like professional stuff, but also just like just random interests, talking about like TV shows and stuff like that. Um, But I love to connect with people on there.
0: Yeah, Um, it's funny you said that because just on another note, it's like someone once said to me that. LinkedIn is like the networking party, and then Twitter is like the bar after the networking party. Like, did you go out with the people? And that's how I feel about it is. It's like, oh, at the networking party, you're not going to talk about like you're all the time about these little like weird things, but then like at the, the bar, when you're drinking with those people, you're going to might be talking about those interesting things. But yeah, I'm going to just contest with you. You must go follow Sarah on every platform if you want to learn marketing operations or anything in marketing. She's a must follow. Like she's the one I go to to look at anything marketing operations. She's like the guru. I hate the word guru, but the expert <laughs> and the person I look to as like a leader in the field that I get ideas from and stuff like that. So must follow.
1: Well, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. I appreciate it. You know, what's really funny is um, I, I almost like got rid of my Twitter a few years ago. I was like, I should go all in on LinkedIn and just forget about Twitter. And then I realized because I went like I do some like consulting on the side or just like interesting projects, usually more like strategic. And I and then I realized like when I looked into the data, I was like, I think all my references, like all, all the people that I've like consulted with have come through Twitter, even though like I have arguably like a bigger audience on LinkedIn. And like I've posted more about like marketing operations topic. People seem to, it's, it's like a funnel. It's like people come in through LinkedIn and then find my Twitter and then convert on Twitter. So it's like, well, I
0: mean, it's funny. It's true. Funny. It's like my A lot of my biggest connections have came from Twitter, not LinkedIn. And you would expect them to come from LinkedIn because it's more of a networking. But I got more closer friends than, from Twitter lately than they have. my whole time I've been on LinkedIn, but I love LinkedIn. It's been a great place for me, but got more value out of Twitter in a relationship building and connection basis.
1: Oh. I wonder if it has to do with like, like you said, it's like the bar after the party. It's, it's like when like sales takes you out to like dinner instead of just like sending you like a cold email, <laughs> you know, so like that's where the relationships are built, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think that too. I mean, you see, you the true personality, and you find your tribe on there. Where like you're not going to talk about like um, your favorite TV show on like, and it's also like very quick. It's like you, it doesn't really matter what you say on Twitter because it'll be dis- Like it goes so quick. Where like LinkedIn, you have to like make like a, a polished thing that goes out. Not polished, but like it has to be better than just a one time thing, that, a quick burst that came in your head. Like Twitter is like a big testing platform for me too. Like I just test random thoughts there to see what people think. <laughs> I love it. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining. And I can't wait for people to listen to this. And you're awesome. And thank you for being a part of the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm glad that we finally were able to get together. And I, I think this has been really awesome. I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of value in like the world of post-COVID chaos.
0: Yep, it's very chaotic. It was chaotic in COVID, but now it's even more chaotic, (laughs) which is crazy to say. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials Podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.